We broke all kinds of records with our last podcast. I want to thank you all for joining us on that one, too. What's that? That's okay. Um, you should, we should do the video before you start because that just was... Welcome back. Thank you. Hi. Okay. I don't know what everybody's saying about that. I have other things I have to take care of here. Well, it's there anyways. I'm waiting for people to join the chat room, then I'll respond to that. Sally's here. Sally, you can be the first to call in. You can call in on your favorite line, 860-888-2101, Hi, Sally, the line is open, so go ahead and call in. We're waiting for Jazz to call in. Jazz Shaw with HotAir.com, the weekend editor of HotAir.com. We're going to be talking to UFOs with Jazz tonight. Jazz has some interesting information to post on how does the government keep their UFO information secret when we know they exist, correct? We know they have evidence of it. Where do they store the information? And how do they keep it secret? Jazz has all the answers. I know you're going to want to call in on that. Plus, the Democratic debate is tonight, and we're down to the final, the final group. Or are we down to three or four or five or something like that, right? I don't know, but... Oh, well, Sally can't call right now, Sally so... Calls. Of course she can't. Okay. Sally, what are you doing? Are you working or are you making dinner? Either way, it doesn't matter. You should be calling in. That's your job. Your job is to be the first phone call. Want me to call Jazz, or do you want me to wait for him to call us? Um... I don't know. We probably need to call if the phone is not ringing. Um, it's well, it's seven oh one, so he's probably going to be calling any second. I'm trying to figure out how to share this uh, with everybody else. Um, I didn't put a post up. Well, then to tell people to share. Oh, but you are live. You have um, friends in the chat room. Yeah, but I can share it right. I can write a quick post right now if you want me to. Okay, hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. We're going to be talking about UFOs and also the Democratic presidential race, which is now down to people like, I guess, Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren and Pete Buttigieg, or Buttigieg, however it's pronounced. Who knows? All right, how about them tall boots, ladies and gentlemen? How do you feel about that? There he is. Hey, Jazz, how you doing? Can you hear me? How about now? Can you hear me doing? now? There you go. We're doing great. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate it very much. Let me put this up so Jane can share. Anytime, man. Um, we're live right now with Jazz Shaw. Hello. This is Jane. Josh, How are you? This is Jane. Jane is our Hey, resident. Jane. I've been hearing so much about you, oh, so I'm boy. very thrilled to talk to you. Well, any questions you have about what it's like to live under communism, she can answer them. And what it's like to escape communism, the cold sweats as you pass through the um, turnstiles, as you go try to get on your airplane or jump the wire, either one. I, I have no direct experience with that, but I do have several friends that... I speak to on a regular basis. One of them is from Romania, 
who now lives in California. Oh, goodness. And they they had constantly it, they tell me stories about the Way worse, I think. If, if you want to compare stories, they probably were way worse with Ceausescu. My goodness. Yeah, it, it, it was bad. And she grew up uh, in a time when, you know, th there were no rights for anyone. But uh, her parents did not survive to get out of the country. But she did uh, with an aunt and moved to America and now lives uh, in California. Not the best state to probably be in if you're trying to escape communism, uh, personally. <laughs> But, well, she still, still she'll get, she got better than Romania. Exactly. She got out. Yeah. Thank God. Jazz Shaw, by the way, for those of you who are wondering or new to this, Jazz is the weekend editor of hotair.com, one of the top political blogs in the country. Jazz, Jazz is also a contrib contributor all week long. Correct, Jazz? Uh, yeah, and various other places. Uh, Washington Examiner, uh, occasionally I show up on CNN and whatnot, but yeah, mostly you can just follow me on Hot Air. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's jump right into this with this here. I'm sure you'll know where we're going when I play this. was my favorite episode by the way jazz i go i'm i'm old school when it goes to star trek jazz did a great post on <laughs> jazz you did a great post on where does how does the government keep their ufo information secret how do they keep it secret jazz uh well this is something we've been digging into since december of 2017 um but jazz they do it when it's real correct well, they admit the vehicles are real. Yes. They, they have identified, unidentified vehicles uh, that are in our airspace. What they are, nobody knows for sure. Well, nobody's been told, if anybody knows what they are for sure. Uh, but they have been buzzing our airspace, interfering with military activities and things like that. And... And how do they keep a that number secret? of free? Well, there's a lot of Freedom of Information Act requests that have been put in trying to get more information about this. And we keep getting, and when I say we, I mean, I've done it myself. Uh, a lot of other people who are bloggers, people from the New York Times, the Washington Post, uh, many outlets have sent in FOIA requests and gotten nothing back. And then a guy by the name of Tim McMillan went and started digging into it and found out that the reason you don't get any requests back is because for several years they have shopped all this work out to a private company. And so long as all the documents and all the information belongs to a private entity, it's immune to FOIA requests. It's immune, so immune to FOIA requests? You can do that? Yes, if it doesn't. If it doesn't belong to the government, 
if it belongs to a private organization, then they don't have to reveal it. And that's how they did it. They've been doing all these investigations, but they were all done through a small series of companies. Uh, most of them who were owned by uh, Robert Bigelow and, and a few others. And all the stuff that's gone on at Skunk Works uh, that happens under Lockheed Martin and whatnot. But there's always it's the risk that information's Lockheed going to get out, isn't there, Jazz? Are we? Are you, are you this, asking? But, yeah, I mean, um, is this the kind of thing that if we knew the truth, there'd be panic on Earth, or the Vatican would melt down? You Why know, they, I'm sorry. Go I, ahead. I think that that might be a theory in the government, but I think it's a very bogus theory. There's been many polls that show that the majority of Americans believe that there's probably life outside of this planet or there's a lot of stuff we don't know that's going on. And people aren't going to be terribly shocked if somebody comes out and says, Oh, well, here's this other thing that's going on. You know, we we're kind of conditioned to it, but yeah, the fact is they, they have used, uh, Tim McMillan was the guy and Tim deserves all the credit in the world who got in there and found out that he got copies of a whole bunch of these documents. And they don't have to release them to the media because the government doesn't technically own them. They belong to the subsidiaries that went and developed the information. Just wasn't Hillary going to go release them? Uh, you know, we heard some stuff from Hillary and some of her people that she was going to, if she got elected, that was somebody... But this dates back a long time. I mean, Jimmy Carter wanted to. He, Jimmy Carter, uh, for people listening who don't know, actually had a couple of UFO sightings himself, and he was very curious about it. And when he went after he was elected, but before he took office, and went to ask, I want to know what you've got about UFOs, he was told, and this is a direct quote, that you don't have a need to know, sir. And do you know who told him that? No, who? Was, Donald Trump. It was George. It, no, it was George H.W. Bush, who at the time had been from the CIA and was running defense intelligence. And that's who Jimmy Carter asked. And he said, sir, you don't have a need to know. Hmm. And they don't tell presidents. And as far as most people that I've spoken to, believe uh, the last president that knew anything about this subject. But the Pentagon now does admit that these vehicles do exist. The the vehicle, yes. They they admit that they are UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. But that's as far as they've gone. Hmm. Uh, The recent uh, bombshell report from Tim McMillan that I read about the referencing the Pentagon has reeled back. They've completely closed up. They said, we need a couple of weeks to figure out what our next answer is going to be because they have lied to us repeatedly. And they've just come up with all these conflicting stories. And Tim has sort of blown the lid off that. And we are in the process right now waiting to see when uh, Susan Goff, and she's the main spokesperson for the Pentagon these days, Okay, let's move uh, along to our next subject here. I, I have one more question. Okay, go ahead, that. quickly. Um, 
was it was the reason for them to come forward uh, the reports from the pilots? There were uh, recordings of pilots, uh, military pilots, uh, reporting seeing uh, things in the sky. Is that why they're coming forward? Astronauts too. They they're, well, yeah. they're no, they yeah, no longer so can deny it. Is that it? Yeah. Well, mostly that's it. We've had two sets of reports. One of them from a 2004 incident uh, with the USS Nimitz. Uh, pilots and their crew, and then another one more than a decade later from the Roosevelt uh, uh, aircraft carrier battle group, uh, where they ran into the exact same thing. And there were videos that were released, and the government was forced to come out and say, well, yeah, these videos are real, these are our videos, we don't know what they are. But then they just climbed up again, and they haven't given up any more information and people have kept crying and crying and crying. And now we're waiting after the Tim McMillan article, you know, for them to come out with whatever their next excuse is, I guess. Let's move on to one of our more favorite topics. That's Joe Biden. <laughs> um, Joe Biden recently said that China is no competition and is certainly not a threat. In fact, I think he even said Xi Jinping is not a tyrant, not a dictator which stunned everybody. So why would Joe Biden go so easy on China? Peter Schweitzer in his book comes out and says, maybe because he doesn't consider them competition, but rather a business partner. He said Biden's son Hunter actually struck a private equity deal with the Bank of China and his firm here in in New England. So when I hear some... uh, Let me play this for you first. This is Joe Biden... After the last debate, to these the criticisms about his uh, his uh, son Hunter, I want to play some of that sound. And then we'll talk about you know what do you think about how he handled it. Look, uh, my son did nothing wrong. I did nothing wrong. I carried out the policy of the United States government in rooting out corruption in in Ukraine. Okay, that referred to Ukraine, not to China, but it could be applied to China as well. Go ahead, Jazz. Well, yeah, it's very similar to the Ukraine situation. And that's the, I, I almost use the word funny, but it's really not humorous. Uh, that, that's the part of it everybody should be looking at. The only thing Joe Biden can say about his son is that he did nothing wrong. Well, I don't think it's been established, but much like in Ukraine with Burisma, Hunter Biden had a set of companies that were set up that went and they were a uh, financial management and investment company. LLCs, you're right. Right. And they got, I'm not talking millions or hundreds of millions. It's literally billions of dollars that were dumped into these companies that Hunter Biden set up, who, by the way, they were partners with another firm in Boston that was owned by Whitey Bulger's nephew, if you know who Whitey Bulger is. Amazing. And here in New um, England, we all know Whitey Bulger. Yeah, you all know who that is. Famous hitman. Was he a hitman for the FBI partner. or for the mob? Exactly. And <laughs> his nephew was a partner of Hunter Biden, you know, and his firm. And they, they got billions of dollars in contracts from the Chinese government-owned entities while Joe Biden 
was the vice president of the United States and sitting in meetings with the heads of the Chinese government. So no and, wonder, as uh, Peter Schweitzer says, Joe Biden would come out and say that China is no threat to us and their president is not a dictator. Well, you don't take from that what you will, but as far as I'm concerned, uh, Hunter Biden doesn't speak Chinese. Hunter Biden had no background in investment finance. He just suddenly showed up with this set of companies that got massive amounts of money from the Chinese government and their own entities. Uh, I, I leave that to the listeners, sir. Take from that what you will. Let's give out that number in case people want to talk to Jazz. The other number is 860-888-2101. 888-2101. If you want to call in or talk to Jazz directly, call. give us a call. Here is Chris Murphy, U.S. Senator from Connecticut. He apparently was in negotiations. Or what was he doing with Iran? I have it right here. So, so I'm sorry that I'm not prepared the for Iranian this. Iranian collusion? Um, um, Democrat Senator, according to the Federalist, Democrat Senator Chris Murphy held secret meetings in Munich with Iranian Foreign Minister Sharif. That would be Chris Murphy held secret meetings. So what would you call that, Iranian collusion? ...as engaged in the assassination of a high-level foreign official, despite the fact that he unquestionably is responsible for the death of hundreds of Americans. The question we have to be asking ourselves today is whether Qasem Soleimani is more dangerous to the United States alive. I mean, here he is going easy on Soleimani at the same time he's holding secret meetings in Munich, according to the Federalist, with Iranian Foreign Minister Zarif. So if you want to talk about collusion, there's collusion, I would guess, right? It, what, in other words, no. go ahead, Go ahead, Jazz. As far as I'm concerned, anybody, including elected officials, can have opinions about Iran, about Iranian officials, about Iranian terrorists like Soleimani. They can have opinions. I know, but they turned it into an impeachable offense with Donald Trump. Well, they did. But getting back to what we're talking about now, if you're going, if you are an elected official, if you are a, a person in an official position, an elected position, and you're going to have contact with agents of countries that are on the terrorist watch list, if you're going to have contact with people that are directly associated with the Quds Force, things like that, that all has to be reported. I mean, it has to be coordinated because that's critical to the national interest, national security interest. And if we have somebody who's a seated elected official who's having secret meetings and not letting DHS know that they're talking to these people and not letting them know that they might have information that might be of use to the United States, I don't know if a law has been broken. I don't either. But boy, that's pretty dodgy. And all I know is that uh, the only place I've read it is in the Federalist. So that's my only source for that story, is the Federalist. I'm not saying that they would lie. uh, After you sent it to me, um, he's actually, Chris has 
sent a response saying he had no comment about it, and that was in CNN. So mm-hmm. it, it seems clear that happened. So it was, and it was on CNN, and his only comment was no comment. No comment yet. Yeah. Well, it doesn't sound good to me. No, no comment yet, because he has to come up with a story. Otherwise, you know. <laughs> uh, the, the guy is a never trooper, and you know, it's. I, I'm not terribly shocked if, and I, I wouldn't be shocked if I heard of a bunch of other Democrats that were talking to the Iranians if they came up with a good story that made Trump look bad because Trump scotched the nuclear deal, which was a terrible deal. I think everybody would agree. And I think everyone does agree. If, if we have people in our government, at least Trump was up front. He sent people to talk to him and said, let's talk about the deal. And then he said, no, I don't like the deal. And he canceled the deal. If we have people secretly talking to the Iranian foreign minister and not letting everyone know about it. I, don't you think that's a problem? I think it's a huge problem. I want, I want to play one more soundbite for you and get you to comment on this. This was uh, Michael Bloomberg on the stump in Houston, Texas, trying to be folksy like Democrats always pander. The pandering just drives me crazy. Here's Michael Bloomberg, a New York City mayor, pandering to a Texas audience. Now, if I were for Texas, I might say he's, Donald Trump is scared as a cat at the dog pound. As scared as but a cat at the dog pound. York, I put it this way. We're scaring the living hell out of him. Yeah. And we're just starting right now. Oh, yeah. Michael Bloomberg is scaring the hell out of Donald Trump. What do you think of that, Jazz? And what does he mean, well, scared as a cat in, at a dog pound? All the dogs are in cages, aren't they? So cats aren't really too I, scared I have, of I, I have no idea. I heard the quote. I, I have no idea what he was talking about. Um, Michael Bloomberg is one of the most curious figures. Do you think Donald Trump is actually afraid of him? Um, you know what? I'm probably going to go against what you expect me to say. And I will say that if he got the nomination, I think that Donald Trump would be more worried about Michael Bloomberg than he would be worried about a socialist like Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren or somebody of questionable mental acuity like Joe Biden or something like that. Because he'd be running against another New York billionaire, you know, who comes out and makes a case, whether you believe what he's saying these days or not, because it's contradictory to what he said in the past. But I didn't I, download I the soundbite, but there was a soundbite, uh, Jazz, that I wanted to play for you, but I looked it up and yes, it is true. He wasn't, uh, Joe Biden wasn't in, in New Hampshire when he said, you folks in Iowa really hold the key to this election. I mean, Joe, you're in New Hampshire. You're thousands of mile, miles away from Iowa. They don't even grow corn in, in New Hampshire, I don't think. <laughs> well, I'm sure somebody does. Somebody does. I'm sure there's some small farm. We grow it here in Connecticut, I know, for a small consumption. Yeah, we, but we, certainly we not Iowa. In New York, so you, can, you can grow corn in New Hampshire, sure. I mean, Joe Biden really was in New Hampshire when he said, you folks in Iowa really hold the key to this election. Joe doesn't well, even know where he is. Guys had a lot of, can, can we be kind and just say 
Joe Biden's had a lot of senior moments. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I'm getting older myself, you know, and, uh, you know, people do have senior moments, not everybody. I know, but, but I, uh, Jazz, I know yeah. I'm in Connecticut right now, not Massachusetts. <laughs> and I've had half my brain yeah. blow out from lupus. Well, there you go. But, no, you know, Joe's got issues. There, there, there's certainly issues. But I don't know. I mean, they don't have a really good field to pick from with the Democrats. Well, that's what I was um, going Bernie to ask you. We're down to Joe Biden, Michael Bloomberg, and Bernie Sanders. And Amy Klobuchar. Is it Klobuchar? Klobuchar. Klobuchar, yeah. Yep. We're down to those as our final our final contestants. Who's going to walk away with the parting gift? Who's going well, to get this nomination, I, Chaz? I, I did a piece today where I laid out the likelihood, in my opinion, I've been looking at the polls, and if you look at the Super Tuesday current polling, there's nobody that is coming away with 51% of the delegates at this point in my opinion. So it could be going to a brokered convention. Well, if it does uh, that, will it be Hillary Clinton, do you think? No, I, I think that if I had to make a guess, if they don't get a nominee in the first round, the superdelegates come in because the new rules for the NC say the superdelegates can't vote on the first round, but they can vote on the second round. And I think there's scared of Bernie for very good reason. Um, He's a socialist. confident Elizabeth Warren. So I would say if they have to toss their hat in the ring, they're probably just going to go with Joe Biden anyway. Jane, for obvious reasons, Jazz, Jane, for obvious reasons, doesn't see much difference between socialism and communism. Well, there isn't much of a difference. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there's, there's technical differences and a few fine points, but it's basically the same thing. Well, either one of them, I'm more afraid of them than a cat and a dog pound. I have to use that one over and over again. I, I you know, to agree. just be grossly. Um, Good. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry, Jazz. Go ahead. I'm sorry for interrupting you. Oh, no, I, I, I was just trying to say that the difference between socialism and communism is, is semantic more than anything else. It really is. It's uh, technical. And it, it, it's a technical difference. I, I think you could have Bernie, you could have Elizabeth Warren, uh, to a large part, Pete Buttigieg, but I think he's pretty much dropped out of the race at this point. The, the only person that's even close to being, quote, moderate, uh, would be Joe Biden. Uh, but so Joe if they have a brokered convention, I'm sorry I missed it. Who did you think that they would likely pick? Bernie Sanders? I think they would still throw it to Biden. To Biden. The Sanders people yeah. would go nuts. You know that, Jazz. That's the scary part, I oh, think. Oh, yeah. The, yeah the, they would lose the, the hard left uh, progressive section of the base. So if, if Bernie Sanders is the nominee... I think he goes down like George McGovern. You know, that's, that's terrible. I think their only hope at this point is Joe Biden, but Joe is just looking 
wow, not really not good. Uh, Joe doesn't look good right now like he could beat anybody, especially since he has the baggage of his son right now with China and also with Ukraine. Oh, yeah. And Donald Trump is, I mean, the entire team already has a whole bunch of Biden stuff locked up and ready to go with advertisements. But they've got that for almost everybody that's running right now. Unless they manage to nominate Klobuchar, who is fairly clean, um, and, and I don't see it happening. Uh, I think the Democrats have a really rough road ahead of them in November. I have my own uh, uh, collection of Joe Biden stuff. And since my daughter-in-law is Indian, not American Indian, but India Indian, um, I find this particularly not offensive because I'm not offended, but I think she finds it pretty offensive anyway. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. It's a fully, I'm not joking. I mean, Jazz, I can go on and on forever with, with Joe Biden um, gaffes. I can't wait for him to get the nomination. Yeah, but he, well, he's not good on the debate stage. We've already seen that. If you catch him in the morning, he's generally pretty good. But if you catch him later in the evening, in my opinion, as a person who is in their 60s and, you know, from a family where I've watched a number of people have, you know, not such good mental capabilities. Uh, when I watch Joe Biden in the evening, I mean, it's worrisome. I, I would I would be afraid if there was a phone call that came at 11 o'clock at night and Joe Biden had to answer the phone because he does not seem sharp. Is that an offensive word? But do you know what country he's in? That's the question I have. Well, that you, well, that's a baseline you could draw. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Jazz. So uh, we get down to a brokered convention, and uh, the people who come out of the end is not going to be Amy Klobuchar, and it's not going to be Peter Buttigieg either. So yeah, why are they hanging out? Why are they spending money? I, I could see people in the Democratic Party wanting to lean towards Buttigieg because he's young, he's very popular with certain demographics. But the problem is he has no minority support. He's not going to get the minority vote turnout that Barack Obama did. He has like zero support with white voters. But they still believe Joe Biden would. Joe Biden still gets a lot of minority support. Yeah. So I, I think he probably, uh, it's hard to say, but I, I think he gets more broadband support in the party than Pete Buttigieg does. And I mean, he's worrisome on so many counts, but if the super delegates have to go with somebody, I'll go ahead and go on record with you guys right now on this show and tell you, I think the super delegates go with Joe Biden. Wow. So it would be Joe Biden against Donald Trump. That's not a fair fight. Probably not, but I think Joe Biden, with the broad Democratic base, has a much better chance than Pete Buttigieg. 
definitely a much better chance than Bernie Sanders, who I think turns out to be McGovern, you know? Oh, for sure. Um, no, their strongest candidate is probably Amy Klobuchar, but there's no way she gets the nomination. No, because most of America doesn't even know who she is. Right. I know. She just doesn't have the name recognition, and she doesn't do anything to distinguish herself. I wish the lady with the crystal ball would come back. What was her name? Oh, uh, Marianne Williamson. Uh, Marianne Williamson? Oh, yes. I miss yes, her. That, um, I, I, if we're going to do this on this show, I have to have full disclosure. I am a Marianne Williamson donor. Okay. I, I sent her a dollar just to try to get her into the <laughs> debate because I thought it would be funny. <laughs> but I, I did donate to her. You're positively evil. <laughs> I'm not evil. I'm funny. <laughs> I love it. No, I, I love I, it. No, it's funny. <laughs> what did she say? What I was her famous quote? And I do need to disclose that. Oh, she so. said we're going to beat Donald Trump with, with love. love. With love. Oh, yeah. With love, yeah. The, the That'll work on Donald love, Trump yeah. for sure. Yeah, that, that's how you take Donald Trump down, no doubt. <laughs> and you gave her money, Jazz? He, did you hear how much he donated? I gave her a dollar. He because Jazz, <laughs> were you having a Joe Biden moment? <laughs> no, she, he's she like, here, go buy yourself a here, go buy yourself a cup of coffee. That's what Jazz did. <laughs> well, no, I mean, at the time, everybody needed, at that time, the DNC rule said you had to get some number, some number of of individual donors, and I wrote a post and encouraged everybody to send $1 to her so she would get the number of donors required to qualify for the debate because I wanted her to be in the debate. That's I great. she was hilarious. I'd love to and see her go up against Trump. Trump. Let me give out and the other line here. The Jazz, let me give out the other line here to see if anybody wants to call in and ask you a question. 888 Come on, call and give Jazz a question. You guys are awfully quiet out there. That I know, makes me what's nervous. up tonight? <laughs> They're waiting for the debate. Are they watching the debate? Uh, I don't know if it's on yet. It's not on yet. No, I don't think it is. It Jazz has I assume they were all waiting for more UFO stuff. So, you know. <laughs> that could be. Well, maybe they're hitching the ride with them. Uh, Jazz, is there anything oh, we left unsaid about the UFOs? Oh, oh, dude, don't even get me started. I <laughs> Please, come on. All night long. Uh, my audience tuned in for this. On. They want to hear what you have to say about UFOs. Do we need to be worried? Are they oh, friendly? Oh, no. I'll, you know, I'll tell you. I mean, this, this entire investigation that's been going on just has me climbing up the walls. You know, I mean, we've had so much information that's come out since December of 2017. And everything tells me that the government knows a lot more than anything we've been told. And they have been caught lying repeatedly, particularly the Pentagon. Uh, Susan Goff, who I've spoken to many times, they come out and they give contradictory stories, one thing after another. Do we need to be worried, Jazz? I have to ask that again. Do we need to be worried? Are they friendly? Do we need to be worried about if they're friendly? Right. They don't sound Um, like they're friendly from the recounters of people that encountered them. 
Well, most of the time, the answer is no, but a friend of ours who worked for the British Ministry of Defense who studied UFOs is one of the guys who released some documents from the Brits who said that in the 80s and the 90s, uh, there were incidents where the Russians have also been encountering these same type of craft. And he claims, and they released a British government document uh, that said they had intelligence showing that the Russians had lost three planes and as many as six pilots. I guess that answers the question, are they friendly? Some of them might be, some of them clearly aren't. Some of them might be neutral, but if you shoot at them, they will kill you. Hmm. Um, And the Russians and the Chinese both claim to have lost both planes and pilots engaging them. Well, it's a good sign they're not shooting at us, apparently. They must like us. We're a God-fearing company. Well, I don't think they like us. That's my opinion only, by the way. I I don't think they like us, but so long as you don't bother them, they don't bother you. That seems to be the pattern. And we don't bother them. Well, may I just say that... Well, we don't shoot at them. With with what I know about Russians, uh, me growing up in... uh, Russian, Russian, a country oppressed by Russia, uh, anything that involves Russians, I don't trust. Because everything that happened during the World War II, pretty much, just about everything, not, not 100%, but a lot of the crimes that were committed that were claimed that the Nazis did it, the Russians did it. So I just, I don't, I, when you were mentioning the uh, Russians being shut down, God knows what happens to those people. Jane's from Czech, uh, Jazz and her country was crushed by the Russians. Well, you know, not for nothing, but while we're waiting, if you're going to take some phone calls, everybody's known that about the Russians for a long time. Um, I'm, I've always been a big fan of General George Patton. My father served under him in the, in the Second Army uh, in World War II. And one of the most famous things about George Patton that never gets discussed was at the end of World War II, after Berlin fell, Patton went, went forward and said, we need to attack Russia now. And everybody was like, you're crazy. It's the end of the war. We finally won. And Patton was like, if we, do, we have a massive force here right now and Russia is depleted. If we don't attack them now, we're never going to beat them. And I'm glad Patton you brought that up because... I'm glad you brought that up because Jane talks about that a lot. That information was repressed after the war, right, Jane? Yes. But that the Americans could have liberated you. That was uh, something I was, my grandmother was so angry with America over because uh, they, they stepped aside when the Russian tanks were rolling into Prague. Um, the Russians were actually going to destroy Prague. There, was a, there were different uh, fronts or, or different uh, movements in the Russian military. And there was one movement that actually saved Prague because the Russians were going to destroy it. It was the main um, uh, headquarters of the, of the Nazis were in Prague. And, you remember uh, that, right, Jazz? In 1968, when the Russian tanks rolled through Prague, that was big news back when I was in... That, that was big news, but I, I think she's absolutely correct. Um, Patton was the only guy who had clarity at that point. He was like, you know what? We are never again 
going to have a force of this size massed this close to the Russians, and they have been completely depleted. We can take them out now. And he was shot down by the American government. I'm not literally. I mean, he was mm. he was denied by the American government saying, oh, you're crazy. And we left and said, oh, the Russians are nice people. And then the Cold War started. So who was right in the end? My dad felt the same way about General MacArthur in the South Pacific, that when Truman stopped him on his march, because it would offend or offend like the Japanese or offend the Chinese when MacArthur well, was we've stopped. we've always been afraid of offending the Chinese, but look at China today. Do you think China is that much better than Russia? Really? Do you? do you? Do you think that that's a good government? Do you think that they're humanitarian, that they do good things? I mean, look at what's going on with the coronavirus. I mean, there's literally hundreds of thousands of people dying. Now there's people starving to death. We're hearing reports that they're just burning bodies in massive numbers. I mean, the Chinese aren't good. I'm sorry, the Chinese government is not a good government. I'm not saying the Chinese people aren't good. But we're, we're dealing with governments that are now teaming up because the Russians and the Chinese are teaming up. And they're, they're aligning with Iran. They're aligning with Venezuela, you know, and these are not good governments. What about so the what, pretending? Jess, what about the basketball players that were there that had a chance to speak? They speak against America. They were in China. They saw what was going on. They had their training camp right next to the uh, concentration camp for the Muslim Chinese Muslims. They didn't say anything. They shut up oh, very I didn't quickly. Hear about that. Oh yeah, they shut up very quickly when the government threatened them uh, to cut their uh, paychecks. They were But very obedient all of a sudden. They're not really a threat, just as oh. Joe Biden jazz. What about Joe Biden? I'm sorry. The, the, the Chinese aren't really a threat. They're not competitors. Just ask uh, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. They'll tell you. Oh yeah, absolutely, because they provide a lot of money and. Let's face it, it's one of the, and unless they get wiped out by the coronavirus, that's still one of the largest economies on the planet. And it that is. gives them a lot of power. And people that want to stay in their good graces, like the Biden, will continue to say good things about them. I don't think there's any question about that. But, I mean, the, the Chinese government is extremely oppressive. You want to talk about, you know, we have complaints from liberals that, you know, the American government, oh, well, you know, there's racist intone. And we certainly have a history of that in the past. The, the Chinese government isn't racist. It's just oppressive. It's authoritarian. It just crushes every, anyone who disagrees with them. So, like the Russians crushed know. everything that got in their way. Yeah, the Soviet Union originally and the Russians today. But the China, Although I will... Sorry. Let me say something unpopular. The Russian people in the current state of Russia, they actually like Vladimir Putin. Um, he has pretty good popularity ratings there because they miss the days when the Soviet Union was a world power and they realize they have a corrupt government and that Putin is probably a terrible person, but they would like to be back in power. So I think Vladimir Putin has a lot of leverage with his population because They missed the days when they were a rival to us. Um, I have to agree with you. I have a friend that I met at school here. She's Russian. 
And um, she shocked me when she said she was voting for Putin. She was going back. Um, they have that option to vote in New York, I believe. Um, and she did. She voted for Putin? Yes, she did. Why not? Who else can yeah. you vote for? Well, I don't... <laughs> if it's like the Czech, Czechoslovakian, formal Czechoslovakian elections, we went to elections, uh, we went to vote, we were very encouraged to vote, but we were voting for one person. <laughs> it, was, it was just formality, really. But we were encouraged to go. Even though we laugh at people that. like... Even though we laugh at people like AOC... And Bernie Sanders, it scares the living daylights out of people like Jane and your friend from Hungary as well. They Romania. get scared when they hear this jazz. Romania. They take it seriously. Yeah, but the, the people in Russia, and we've seen too many reports where there were uh, international uh, sponsors and vetters going in and looking. And a lot of the Russians realize they have a corrupt government, but they don't care because after the fall of the USSR, they were kind of, you know, crushed and sent down to a second-level status, and they missed the days when they were one of the superpowers. And I think that Vladimir Putin gets a lot of support from Russians. Oh, because of that, sure. Because they understand that Vladimir Putin, strongman, authoritarian, but... His goal is to make them a dominant world power again. And, you know, you can kind of see how citizens might think, yeah, we'd like to have that prestige again. Well, Jazz, we're going we're gonna to end it with you and say goodbye to you but um, so we can take phone calls from other folks. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Jazz, have they found new civilizations and new life in other places? Not yet, but we're working on it, and we're trying to get answers out of the government, and I'm going to keep pressing, and we're going to keep trying to find out answers. Will we ever get those answers, though? And why are they protecting us? Where are they protecting us from? Be honest with us. Come on, we can take it. What are they protecting us from? That these people in the outer space are out to get us, will destroy us, if they get the chance? Is that what no, we're being protected from? I don't, I don't from? think we can. I, I honestly think, sir, that the answer is the government reflexively wants to keep everything secret unless they they believe it's entirely safe. And if there's technology they might be able to use, if they believe there's information that could be leveraged, that the public shouldn't know about it until they've decided what to do with it which I believe is grossly unfair. Um, but they will try to keep it secret as long as possible. And I, I don't know what they know. I, we don't have enough evidence to say, oh, we, they definitely have this or this or this, but they definitely have something. And 
they have been lying to us. That's been proven conclusively just in the last couple of weeks. So why? Um, we're going to have to wait till the day comes when somebody's willing to be bold enough to stand up and say, okay, here's why we lied to you all these years. Okay. Um, Jazz, thank you so much for joining us. Just to sum up, you think it will be a brokered convention, but the Democrats will not run a socialist. That means Biden. Um, I don't know if it will. It's too soon to say it will be a brokered convention, but a post that I had up today uh, examining the various polls in all of the Super Tuesday states, it really looks like it's at least a three-way split. And I don't know if anybody is going to come up with 51% by the time we get to the end of it. So uh, I think there's a good chance of work. I thought Kamala had a really good chance of getting the nomination. She just disappeared. I don't know why that happened. She really blew it. She Uh, was the one who blew it. She she ran a chaotic, disorganized campaign. She flip-flopped on a lot of her answers all the time. She had her own people in her campaign saying, this is garbage. We don't want to work here. So I I think that's what sunk her. It wasn't that she wasn't a great candidate. I mean, she wasn't great, but it was terribly disorganized. And she couldn't stick to one message. That killed her. We won't get the battle of billionaires, will we? Uh, Bloomberg has said way too many ways. I, I, I cannot say that yet. I, I think Bloomberg is is not out of the mix entirely. The base hates him, but the moderates are like, this could be the guy that might be able to beat Trump because it's certainly not Bernie Sanders. And Joe Biden's really dubious. But he has so said I, more than I, one I, thing I you might consider racist, though, right? I don't even know if that's the factor. I just think they're looking for somebody that can beat Trump. And it's like a billionaire from New York City who used to be a Democrat and became a Republican, got elected president. Well, (laughs) maybe we should nominate a billionaire from New York who used to be a Republican and is now a Democrat because then it's more of a coin toss. (laughs) Does that make any sense? No, it makes no sense. So you're right, we are down, if we're down to a brokered convention, though, what really scares me is that Hillary might resurrect, well, it wouldn't scare me, come on, that'd be great for hot air, be great for our podcast, too, if they brokered it to Hillary, but you don't think they'll do that, they want Hillary to disappear, don't they? Oh, they definitely want that, no, the the superdelegates aren't going to go for that. I I think number one choice for the superdelegates is Joe Biden, um... Second choice, maybe Pete Buttigieg. Well, they say he is kind of charismatic. Although, I don't know, I really haven't heard that much about him. Well, he's in the moderate lane running against Biden, and he's in his 30s instead of being almost in his 80s. That's true. And he's pretty good at stuff. So, maybe... I, 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 the one thing I think I know, sir, is that the Democratic establishment does not want to run Bernie Sanders. Mm, because so. if they do, they're afraid that he's going to turn into, you know, it, it, it's just going to be a wipeout. 
It may be a wipeout anyway. What's your prediction on the 2020 race, Jazz? As long as we're wrapping things uh, up right here. Right now, I would go 85-15. Trump wins again, loses the popular vote, but uh, wins the, uh, possibly not by as much as the last time, but wins the Electoral College. That's where I'm sitting right now, looking at all the poll numbers we have. Jazz, thank you so much for joining us today. Jazz Shaw, weekend editor of HotAir.com. Jazz, how is everything up in my old stomping ground upstate New York? Uh, it's cold, but it's slowly thawing, and we are working on getting into spring so I can start planting the crops for this year. The snow is thawing. Global warming. Is that part of New York where my family's from, where my dad is from, where my grandmother and grandfather are from? So the snow I'm, never I'm, really I'm sure melts. It's global warming, yeah. That must be it. It's all global warming. Everything is global warming. They're coming to get us. Jazz, we have helicopters overhead. <laughs> they sound like Hueys, not Hueys. They sound like Blackhawks. <laughs> no, seriously. Seriously, we do have helicopters overhead right now. Okay. So, Jazz, if you don't hear from me in an email tomorrow, you'll know what happened. Please call the alarm. I'll be sure. To, I, I will send out the dogs with the whiskey cap under their uh, collars to look for you. <laughs> Thank you very much. We appreciate it. <laughs> Jazz, have a good day. Okay, wait a second. We have something for you here, Jazz. This is for you. Thank you. That was a round of applause just for you, Jazz. Again, thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Anytime, I will be glad to join you and your audience, and I wish you the best of luck with your broadcast. I appreciate it very much. Jazz, have a good day. Take care. Take care, sir. Okay. Guys, let's hear from you guys. Let's hear the phone well, calls now. Uh, if anybody wants to comment on a tall boots yeah. on a vote today, oh boy, oh boy. Apparently, tolls are out. Ned Lamont has pulled the support of tolls. No more tolls, even for trucks. How do you guys react to that one? The next one... The people win. That's that's huge. I can't believe that they actually got it off the table, that the Lamont decided to get rid of that one. Um, the next one, do you think what I think? Do they Are they approaching it the wrong way? Their main... Um, reason to uh, run is to beat Trump. That's kind of not right, don't you think? Well, you can't run on nothing. You have to have a platform. Yeah, but that's uh, just silly. You mentioned tolls. Republicans say it's just another word for tax. How is a toll not a tax? Uh, The gasoline tax is disappearing as a source of revenue to fix our roads and bridges and have more frequent regular rail service. Well, blame that on the environmentalists. And uh, when GE left, they said uh, one of the key reasons they're leaving is because your transportation system in this state is a mess. So you need a governor who's going to be honest about what it takes to fix the roads and bridges. I fixed that bridge. All of a sudden, the trains can go over it faster, cuts the commute time from New Haven to Stanford to New York uh, by uh, five, ten minutes. It makes a dramatic difference. So I'm the, I'm, I have said we're going to put a tax 
on just the big tractor trailer trucks coming in and out of the state. The exact same thing, Dennis, as Gina Raimondo is doing it in Rhode Island. It would raise that electronic toll, nothing overhead. You don't see anything. You go right through. Doesn't impact cars, doesn't impact our drivers, but that's what they're doing in Rhode Island. And for Connecticut, it'll raise about $250 million a year when fully implemented. That allows me to fix a lot of roads and bridges. So you don't foresee a toll on ordinary drivers? I don't foresee that at all. Rather than is, is that a pledge you want to make today that that will not happen? Risky oh, that's a pledge that for the not wealthy, gonna... I would put it in what I call a lockbox. <laughs> the lockbox would be used only for Social Security and Medicare. The lockbox would be kept by the president. The lockbox would also be camouflaged. It would be the lockbox. You may think you know the location of the lockbox. Or a dummy lockbox. Away in a tiny lockbox. Lockbox. Doggone, I can't find it now. Okay. Uh, when we were talking about the uh, technology and the UFOs, I remembered um, I drove to Springfield and I was on a bridge um, over the uh, Connecticut River and all of a sudden my radio went dead. Everything went dead and we were stopped in a traffic. So I don't know if my car was dead in a moment. All the lights were out and I looked above me and there was this weird sound. And what are the big black planes? Are they stealths? They're not stealths. The black, it looks like a a piece of pizza um are they stealths what the the uh, military planes that are sonic are they stealth i i, that's I don't what know i thought but um i i saw one and um you think you saw a ufo i it was weird because all the lights it was just hanging above me it was not moving it was just hovering there and everything went quiet so um, it was just weird. And then I saw it actually in Glastonbury. So it one more time was over route two, we were coming, um, no off route two on 17 going onto main street in Glastonbury. It was again, the lights went, the radio went off, everything went off. The car was moving, so didn't kill the engine, but everything else was, was just not there. Okay. I can't find Man Bear Pig. It's really too bad. There is a reason I wanted to find it, too, was because apparently the creator of South Park has now apologized for creating Man Bear Pig. Was that a... Because re- it makes fun of, of global warming. Was that a real apology or tongue-in-cheek? It was a real apology, That's from things. what I understand. That's things. I thought those guys had more um, gusto than that. That they did, too, but apparently not. But as soon I'll find it when the show is over, of course. <laughs> well, you have one minute. That's it. I can't find it anywhere. I okay. won't be able to find it. Everything I've put in here. You'll find it for the next up. one. But um, so anyways, I'm very excited about the tolls. I hope everybody else is too. I can't wait to see what they will come up with um, to cover for that loss. Because they already, you know, guys, they already started... Uh, predicting what they were going to spend the uh, the money on. I thought the money was supposed to be used to uh, fix roads and uh, bridges, but they already predicted where, they, where else they were going to spend the money without knowing how much revenue it would bring, without the toll booths being up. Can't believe this. The first show we've ever done, we're not a single phone call. 
I know. give out the numbers again. 996-0308, 996-0308, or 888-2101. Mama, where is Mama? She was there briefly, and she left. Sally's cooking, and everybody else. Well, is- Sally, put down the pot for a second. Jim, we are done. I want to take one phone call. I'm not giving up till I <laughs> okay, get one I phone Okay, I guess call. I'm going to have to find my phone and call you. <laughs> I am going to watch the debate. Isn't that at 8 o'clock? It is. Okay, let's go. I'm looking for the South Park audio. I can't South find it, Park, unfortunately. South Park, Gore, go down. If, let's see. It's going to be Obama, go down. Um, my... Uh, Nope, I don't see it. Blame Canada. Nope, I don't see it either. Okay, then, then we're done. Please. We're done. I'll find it later. But we have to have our closing music first. <laughs> Oh, we do have a caller. Great. Is it? Hello. Can you hear us? Uh, it goes to broadcast. Can we hear? Can you hear us now? Yeah, I can hear you, Jim. It's okay, Rob great. From the Bay State. Hey, how Rob, you? how you doing? Good. I don't want. I I would hate for you to be disappointed that not one person called in. So that way, I can break the cycle. You're the best. <laughs> Thank you very much. I, just, I was getting worried there for a minute. I said, he, oh, boy, my ass is going, dragging a little bit. Was, I better call him. <laughs> he was going to make me sit here for another hour if there was not, not a phone. No, I will, I, will be, I, will, I will be brief. I, I frankly was so busy all day that I did not have the radio on a lot today. And I, I am stunned. I, I'm, I'm absolutely stunned that after all this bluster from Lamont and everybody else in the state about tolls, now they're finally going to walk away from it? Because we, I think we must have put up a fight. Well, I, I mean, and, and that's great. I mean, for those of us who shouldn't have been paying tolls in this state 30 years ago, but we still are. Wait a second, um, Rob, this is for you. Rob is from the Bay State, of course, home state of Elizabeth Warren, once in future Cherokee. There is no escape from that woman. None. Sorry. Oh, God. And you had me all jacked up last week, and you said, oh, she's dropped out of the race. Sorry about that. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. I've been let down before, but, you know, know, just not by you. That's all. But I, I'm just surprised. I, again, I, I don't see how how the state of Connecticut can continue to spend what they spend, basically deficit spend, and 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 expect you know the same res- you know expect any of this to turn out. And it's it's a classic case. It's what I've said Massachusetts forever. It's what I've said about Connecticut forever. The first the first. A uh, person who runs for governor who stands up and says, we're going to lay off 10,000 state employees gets the vote because, because that's, and I, and I know it sounds harsh. It does, but, but it's, it's reality. But, you know what? but, but that's, you know, the reality is right. again, last I knew, and I don't know if this is the case, but 
the state of Connecticut has more state employees per capita than any other state in the country. Here we go, Rob. And it's covered in my book. First, and I want everyone to hear this loud and clear. This budget says Connecticut is open for business. We are open for business. Boy, he's certainly taken his pension dough and scurried off, hasn't he? He sure has. Whatever happened to Governor Daniel P. Malloy? Yeah, yeah. Didn't, didn't, I think it was, honestly, I think it was you that said, didn't he? Didn't he flee to South Carolina just like every other? I don't know no. if he did. No, no, we he didn't got a, hear that. He got a job in Connecticut in he some college or something. Yeah, he didn't. He did not scram yet, but uh, he he got a scram yet. He got a good job in Connecticut. I'm, some, I'm sure. Was it is it another state job so that the so that the pension train can continue? No, of course, it's, one it's, of the, that. it's one of the universities. So he's he's still covered. He's he's doing okay. Oh, the poor guy. I know. I was worried about him. Uh, no, I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering, you know, since they've literally taxed everything else in the state of Connecticut, I don't buy anything in Connecticut if I don't have to ever. And so, so what now? So you, you were going to gain, well, how much did they say they wanted to gain in revenue from the tolls? Was it 200 million? Uh, it was some crazy number like that, yeah. Right, okay. So, so they would have to start pressing the buttons when the numbers were not coming in. They would raise the uh, toll fee and, you know. Right, oh, just like the, just like the plastic bags. You know, oh, yeah, oh, that's where... Yeah, did this you... Is, this is, this is going to generate $27 million. Did, yeah, you, the, did you see uh, the joke? Uh, did, did, my my did, grandmother always had a saying, in a pig's <laughs> A, it's going to do it, you know? Did you see the well, joke I I uh, found on uh, I found it on Facebook? It's not mine, but it said that no. uh, Governor Lamont was uh, uh, saying that since the uh, plastic bag laws, the uh, shopping cart theft went up nine hundred percent. What a surprise! No, it's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know it's probably not nine hundred percent, but I bet it's more than that. But. <laughs> But anyway, but again, I, I just I'm curious to see now. Um, you know, what's the next shoe to drop? Who gets taxed next? You know, I had a um, back in the fall. I had a um, had a nice lunch with a former um, individual that I knew through uh, the Connecticut Trolley Museum, uh, which I'm currently president of uh, as a volunteer. I saw that. Congratulations. And, Oh, thank you. It's a very thank famous you. Yeah. We're speaking yeah. with a president. Yeah, yeah. As, as 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 someone said, someone said, it would a, would a qualified candidate please step forward? And I didn't hear them, and everyone else took two <laughs> steps back. <laughs> so, so my dad um, was in the navy. That was always his biggest fear when they were asking for yeah. volunteers that would happen. By the right. way, Ned Lamont. This is my favorite Ned Lamont quote. This is how he'll lead. That more tax. And blaming the past is no way to turn this state around. I will have a very different operating method than both Bob and Dan Malloy. My door is going to be open. I'm going to share credit wherever I can. I'll take the blame for the tough decisions that we've got to do. And I've done that. I have done that my whole life. You know, when GE left, Bob mentioned, um, I got folks together. I got the leaders from GE. I got leaders of the House and the Senate and um, Republicans and Democrats. So Rob Nedelman is going to lead by having his door open all the time. There you go. Yeah, he'd, he'd, be, he'd, be, 
it would be better for the taxpayers if we just closed it and read the paper. <laughs> Although we're not, you know, we're not supposed to badmouth Connecticut anymore. Did you hear that? Wow. Ned Lamont said no more badmouthing Connecticut. I'm surprised they haven't made it illegal yet. Jim. Yeah, well, we were not badmouthing yeah. Connecticut. We were badmouthing bad the leaders. Yeah, we're no, not. That's true. And we're it, never badmouthing the state, just the leaders of the state. No, no, and I and I, and I agree. It's still a, it's still a, a wonderful state. It's still a, it's still a great place. But I'll, I'll tell you, um, you know, these 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 politicians, frankly, of, of both parties, don't seem to realize that these policies are not just in Connecticut, but everywhere in the Northeast. You're driving middle class people out. Of course, you're driving Rob. Them, you're we, driving them out. You have to you move know, along to our next caller. But before we do, right, this is Jimmy, for you. Care. I still have a picture on my mantle at home. And it's a picture my mother had before that, a picture of my grandfather. And my Aunt B has walked by that picture at least a thousand times, remarked that he that her father, my papa, had high cheekbones like all of the Indians did. Rob, you don't think I'm ever going to let her forget this, do you? Oh, yeah, but the problem is every time I hear her voice, it's like fingernails. On Rob, I was, I was corrected on Malloy. He's in University of Maine. So he did scram. Oh, 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 so he, so he started another pension then. I guess so. Laurie, thank you oh, for that for correction. Him, it, it must be tough. Boy, I'll tell you, I it know. must be tough. Horrible. I'm sure a national search was done as well. <clears throat> so, all right, folks. Have a okay, great Rob, night. Thanks a lot. Thank you, thank you Mr. It. President. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> oh, yeah, I appreciate thanks. the phone we'll call as always. Thank you. Bye. Jane, before we say goodnight, give out the number one more time, if you will. Okay, it's 860-996-0308. 860-996-0308. And what am I looking at here? I'm trying to find my closing music here. I had to go to bumper music. But yes, thank you for correcting me, Laurie. I appreciate it. I knew he was somewhere. I thought it was in Connecticut, but we ain't going to miss him, are we? No, we're not. Well, he's gone now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We have to go watch the uh, important uh, debate. And Jane and I will not back down. We'll always stand for a smaller, leaner, less intrusive government where Republicans get out of our bedroom, Democrats get out of our wallet. Amen. The libertarian dream model. Thank you for listening to our show tonight. Thank you I for joining it very us. Much. Thank you for joining us so much. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>